My name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. Hello and welcome. My name is Lindsay Adams. I figured I'd start this podcast out with a little bit about me. I've been a therapist for seven years and a mother for five. Don't ask me which one's harder because it's definitely motherhood. Starting a podcast is something I've thought about for years and I would always chicken out because I would, I thought I would fail or that no one would listen. And when my private practice was full and I wanted to find a way to reach more people, I did what most people do. I uh, asked social media. The story I put up on Instagram had a few different options, and I was thinking more along the lines of like course creation or workshops, and I kind of just threw podcast on there as an option, not thinking much about it or that it would actually come to fruition. Um, And guess what? Most people voted for podcast. I was so flattered and so nervous. Um, And what I've learned in life is that when you're most afraid to do something, you probably need to just do it. So I decided to do it. And then I googled how to start a podcast while my toddler spilled a bag of shredded cheese on the floor. Yes, that really happened. Then my husband bought me a podcast mic for Christmas and I thought, okay, I guess I am really doing this. So here we are. I've been married for nine years to my husband, Tim. We have four kids. We have Sam, who's five, and then twin girls, Ava and Ella, who are two. We also have a 12-year-old named London. I'm sure your math bells are ringing right now because I said I've been a mother for five years and she's 12. She is not biologically our daughter, but she is definitely our daughter, if you know what I mean. I'm sure we'll talk more about her story later. Let's talk about why I wanted to start a podcast. Back when I was selling CBD as a side hustle, I created a Facebook group called The Mindful Motherhood. In that group, I started putting out content to help mothers and children with their mental health. Anyway, I noticed this huge gap for mothers. There's a lot of like Instagram accounts and therapy services that offer advice or suggestion with all these clinical terms and big words and not like practical ways of implementing these things. And then there's all these motherhood accounts that are humorous and funny and very real life. And I wanted to kind of combine them and make like a real life way to give advice mixed with therapy knowledge. Now, I don't want anyone to get heated because I love therapists, therapists, obviously, because I am one. But I think that if we talk to parents like they should parent using all of these cookie cutter therapy advice or strategies, then we're missing the mark. As a mother in the trenches, with all the knowledge about therapy and emotional wellness that I have, I feel like I have a special perspective to offer the world. And that's where this idea began to bloom for me. So that's what this podcast will be about. A little bit of funny, a little bit of therapy about real-life parenting from a therapist who's doing it with you. And my life is just as messy. Before we get to our first topic, let's hear from our sponsor. Okay, so our first topic is parenting styles. 
and something I get asked a lot about is what parenting style or strategies are the best to use, whether it's with kids or with teenagers. Um, and I'm here to tell you that there's tons of parenting styles and all of them have pros. So a lot of people talk about positive parenting, attachment parenting, love and logic. There's so many more, but I think those are the three I hear about probably most often. And what I want you to know is that a parenting style or strategy is very individualized to you and your child, and there is no one cookie cutter best way to parent. And I think we get caught up in wanting to be good moms and good parents so much that we want this handbook on parenting, literally. And you hear people say, like, there's no handbook for parenting, and there really isn't. Meaning that, yes, there are things we can do to help with certain things, or maybe things that work best with a child with a certain temperament, but there's no one cookie cutter way to parent. And so the best parenting style or strategy for you will depend on your child's temperament and personality and your ability to implement that style and how true it feels to you and your beliefs. And so the things I would like take into account when looking into these styles and strategies are number one most important thing is that your child needs to feel unconditionally loved and accepted no matter what. If you do not have that relationship with your child, it's like having a cracked foundation. Like you have to fix that before any strategy will be effective. So that's the single most important thing. The other things to kind of take into consideration are the temperament and the implementation. And when we talk like implementation, my thought is that all parents should be intentional or mindful about the parenting style or the decisions that they're making as parents. I think a lot of times as parents, we make rules and decisions based on our own childhood, our beliefs or our expectations. And we don't necessarily question why we make the decisions we make or do the things we do. We just kind of say, well, that's how it's supposed to be or how our children are supposed to be. And I think when we don't question that, it, we, we continue these cycles and patterns that our parents have passed down to us unintentionally that maybe may not be so healthy and maybe they don't work for your child. Like that's just not how your child is. So my challenge to you is to look into and research these different styles and strategies if you need or want to, but also to trust yourself that you know what's best for your child and what will work for your family, your situation, and your child. Another thing to take into consideration is that you don't have to have it right the very first time. I think we we think that these things are black and white and we pick and if we try this way and it doesn't work then we failed and we're done or we have to make this one way work. The beauty of parenting is you are evolving and growing in this relationship with your child. And that means that your parenting style can evolve and change as well as they do and as you do as a person. So as you're recognizing these things about your expectations, you can change how you parent. Or as your child's growing into and having maybe 
different responses, you can change the way you respond to them. So those are all things that I would recommend taking into consideration. When I mentioned like the foundation or the relationship being the base for everything else, I wanted to talk about some ways that you can work on improving your relationship with your child or maintaining it. Um, the first and maybe easiest way is to listen to your child when they talk about their feelings or something that's upsetting them or something that interests them. And I know it sounds maybe a little bit simple or like, well, duh, but I think a lot of times we get so caught up in like day-to-day -day life and routines and just the monotony of we need to get homework done, we need to go to bed on time, that we don't always listen to our kids. And so really taking that time to hear them um, when they're upset about something so that they feel like they can talk to you about things or, you know, taking the time to talk them through a situation, even if to you it seems really small and not important. The second thing you can do is you can spend 15 child-led minutes a day with your child. So this means doing an activity together or hanging out together that is unstructured, meaning the child picks the activity and um, you just kind of go with it within reason, obviously. So if like they want to paint on the wall, that's not within reason, at least in my house, it might be in your house and that's okay. So um, this really gives the child a feeling of like bonding and control in the relationship and it's consistent, meaning the child knows that they'll get that time. So they tend to, to look forward to that time and really value that time. It also biologically activates the right side of your brain and the right side of their brain, which is the emotional center of the brain. For tweens and teens, I hate the word tween. I don't know why I just said that. Um, anyway, it can be um, preteens and teens. It can be a little bit harder because they tend to be more like difficult, full of attitude and independent. And so they maybe want to spend more time to themselves. But the way you can do this is really nurturing the time that they come to you and want to connect. So it may be more spontaneous. But like if they come to you and they want to talk about something like allowing them to talk about it, even if it's stuff that doesn't necessarily interest you like video games, Charlie D'Amelio, she's a TikTok dancer for anyone who didn't know, and Pokemon cards. And maybe you choose to learn about Pokemon so that you can hang out with them and connect with them, or maybe even play Pokemon. Now, that is something that's on my like connection parenting to-do list is playing Pokemon and learning about them. So if you have any tips, send them my way because I know nothing about Pokemon. Um, so yeah, it maybe it might be engaging through playing video games, a game, talking about TikTok, um, sending memes, laughing about something, really getting on their level and forming this connection with them. And then they feel like they can talk to you and can, they feel safe and secure in the relationship, which is what makes those hard times and those other, and implementing like the things like discipline a little bit easier. It also helps to have five positive interactions for every one correction. And so reminding yourself that, you know, am I in balance? I'm not saying that you have to like keep track, like keep a tally, but like 
if you look back on your day, like how many interactions were corrections versus positive interactions or even like neutral interactions? And are you in line with that or are you cor- is correcting the only thing you're doing? And I go to bed sometimes and I think, gosh, all I did today was yell at them, correct them and tell them no. Worst day, I try and do a little better. It doesn't have to be perfect. It really will ebb and flow based on the day, what's going on and their ages. Like having two two-year-olds right now, I say, no, get off the counter, put that away. Why are you playing with scissors a lot? And maybe I don't say, I love you, I'm proud of you. You're so creative as much as I want to. But I'm aware of that and I'm working on changing that. Okay, so I want to do a segment called Mom Fail of the Week where you submit your mom fails to me via Instagram or email and I share my favorite ones with you here on the podcast. And you guys came through for the first one, especially for this being the first episode of the podcast. So I have some really funny ones to share with you, but I also have some more maybe serious ones that I want to provide my commentary on. So here we go. So first I'm going to share mine. Um, Mine isn't this week, but it is a more recent one. While I was in the bathroom, maybe taking too long, I don't know, one of my girls found the hidden scissors and cut the other girl's hair. She also cut her hand and her neck and we had to go to Instacare to get it glued together in the middle of a global pandemic. So that is my mom fail and although it's not necessarily my fault, I should have been alarmed by how quiet and content everyone was while I was using the restroom. Let's see. Okay, someone submitted that they forgot their diaper bag and realized it halfway into a hundred mile trip. Uh, Yeah, that stinks. Probably literally. One time, I think every mom has done that, honestly. But one time I forgot diapers and we went camping. And so the only place we could buy diapers at was like this little, like those stores by lakes. I don't know. It's like a little general store. And they only had like three diapers for like 10 bucks. It was a terrible deal. And uh, they weren't good diapers either. And so I had to keep going from like general store to general store to get diapers. And so that was my mom diaper fail. Quite a few people mentioned forgetting to buy batteries for like a big Christmas toy and your child being real disappointed. And I would say I've probably done that before. And if I haven't, I most definitely will do that in the future at some point. Um, I had like five people submit that probably because I shared this the day after Christmas. I also had a few people share about forgetting to pick their child up at school or dance class or like losing track of time. And the final funny one is the last week of school before the holiday was spirit week. And one of the days was pajama day. Well, apparently this mom got the days mixed up. So she sent her kid in pajamas on hat day and 
then later realized that it was the wrong day. The teacher actually texted her laughing about it. And I think that's funny. I mean, your kid was comfy all day. That's a great, I mean, that's being a great mom. Prioritizing comfort. Okay, so now let's talk about the more serious mom fails where you lose your temper or you call your kid a name or you forget to let your kid be a kid. And to this, I wanted to say, we are humans too. We are not perfect. We make mistakes. We lose it. We yell. And in this positive parenting or conscious parenting culture, which is awesome. I mean, I think it's amazing that we're recognizing better ways to parent for our children's emotional health. We as mothers can often be really hard on ourselves about not being perfect at this and being human beings and feel like we've messed up or ruined our kid if we have a bad day. And that's just not true. So I think for all of you who submitted ones where you're feeling bad about losing it or a decision you made or your life being different than other people's, I want you to remember, number one, your kid loves you and thinks you're perfect. Number two, you can apologize to your child and that shows them and teaches them more than being perfect. Number three, if we focus so much on this expectation of doing things perfectly, we inadvertently put that expectation onto our children. And even though we don't say it, they take that in and feel like they need to be perfect too. And they don't. And putting so much pressure on yourself creates this shame cycle when you aren't perfect. And none of us are perfect. And motherhood is hard and messy and scary. And you're going to have bad days. So don't go into trying to be a positive parent and use positive parenting strategies or conscious parenting strategies and expect to be perfect because you are setting yourself up for a huge shame cycle. And that's why I like to focus on like the funny parts of motherhood, like, and talk about how I'm a little bit inappropriate because I think it brings light to the fact that like you can be imperfect and still be a conscious and present parent. So that's where I'm going to leave that today. I can't wait for my mom fails next week, funny and otherwise. The last thing I wanted to talk about is what it means to be mindful as a mother. All puns and jokes aside, which if you know me, it's the perfect podcast name because I'm super casual and a tad inappropriate at times. Um, So it's perfect. Anyway, so what it means to be mindful as a mother is being mindful as a mother is that moment when you stop doing the dishes to listen to what upset your crying child. It's the moment that you recognize something from your past or that a limiting belief or expectation is influencing your parenting. It's the moment that you repair your relationship and apologize after yelling at your child. It is also eating Oreos in the closet so they can't see you eating cookies at 9 a.m. It's binge watching Netflix and scrolling after the kids are in bed because you know it's the only moment that you'll get to yourself 
And damn, do you need it to be able to take care of those kids tomorrow. It's the daily moments with your kids that you struggle and savor at the same time. And that is what I want this podcast to embody. So I am looking so forward to hanging out with you every week. And if you enjoyed this beginner episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. And I will see you next week. If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Lynn's L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams L-C-S-W. Thank you.